Welcome to Jim Lang's Retire Secure Podcast, where smart money talks. Throughout his career, Jim Lang has made it a priority to provide his clients, readers, and friends with useful, cutting-edge information, as well as peer-reviewed financial and tax planning strategies, so that they can make the most educated decisions and really get the most out of what they've got. We hope you enjoy the following special read broadcast from the Lang Vault. And please stay with us until the end so you don't miss more information on how we can help you protect your wealth and ensure your family's financial security for the next generation. And now, Jim Lang. No, Jim, I do not think that that was even an exaggeration to say that uh, college pricing is going up. My uh, cousin just started college at a private university and my parents were gawking at the price. And then I showed them the current price of tuition at my college, which was higher. So it, even in 10 years, it's gone up substantially. I'm sure that a lot of the parents and grandparents in the audience know that already for themselves, but I was shocked. Yeah, uh, Erica, Erica, by the way, her, her dad is, was my roommate on the chess team. Um, and the way she selected her colleges, she looked at the most expensive colleges in the country and she selected Kenyon, which if, if it wasn't at the very top, it was pretty close. Anyway, why, don't you, why don't you go ahead? I did hit the top tuition-wise while I was there, sadly. <laughs> um, so we have a really good question from Sharon, actually. So Sharon says, if enacted by the end of this year, is the Secure Act 2.0 that would push the RMD start age to 73 years starting in 2023 something that could benefit retirees who would otherwise be forced to make withdrawals from their tax-deferred accounts in 2023? Okay, so we were getting to this. In fact, I'll tell you what, rather than answering this question separately, since we're going to cover this anyway, um, why don't I defer the question, but I'll tell you the answer. The answer is yes. It's, this, is, this is terrific. Um, I haven't got to that part yet, but why don't we get to that? Because now we are on to the SECURE Act. So the SECURE Act, uh, the effective date of the SECURE Act is for people who die after December 31, 2019. So for people, so this is going to apply to IRA and retirement plan owners that die on January 1, 2020 or beyond, unless you make an unless you qualify or your beneficiary qualifies for one of the exceptions. Um, it was promoted as an enhancement. And there's a couple things that are good. They said they, they, and I won't go into those, but pretty minor for most of the people on this webinar. Um, I would call it a stinking pig with a pretty bow because, again, it was supposed to be a good thing and it is not. I am having problems moving my um, slideshow forward, so I will do this from memory. Um, oh, there it goes. Okay, so now the new. Um, you know, after the SECURE Act, instead of 70 and a half, and technically April 1st of the year following the year, you um, turn 70 and a half, being the year when minimum required distributions start, the SECURE Act said, no, we're going to make the required minimum distribution age 72. And that is a very good thing. Now, here was the thing. The question that we just had said, so, well, what about the SECURE Act 2.0? All right, again, this is not law, but it did pass the House of Representatives, 
and there will likely be some type of uh, joint reconciliation with the Senate, and they're going to come up with something. But what the general, let's say, thinking that we are going to have is we're not only going to have age 72 as a minimum required distribution age, but depending on the year that you were born, even a later minimum required distribution stage. And the question was, if we are, let's say for discussion's sake, uh, born in the late 50s or, or, or even later, and we're gonna have the later required minimum distribution, and let's say that we retire when we were gonna plan to retire anyway, does that give us additional years of relatively low income before our required minimum distribution kicks in? And the answer is yes. Is this a good thing? Yes, because even if you have to live on your IRA, you're, you're not hurt by this, but if you have other monies to spend, and if you remember right at the beginning, I said, don't pay taxes now, pay taxes later, except the Roth, this gives you a chance to do more Roth IRA conversions um, before you have to take your required minimum distribution. And the slide up here, and probably it's easier, it, I, I wanted to be precise, which is why I have the first part, for example, turning age 72 after December 31, uh, <clears throat> 2022. Then I put let's call it the translation, <laughs> and, by, and, and by the way, it, the wording of the, of the regulation was really tricky, and I was trying to work it out, and my, my wife, who has a master's degree in electrical engineering from Carnegie Mellon, I said, can you just put this into plain English? And she did, and it, it didn't go right in the translation, so literally this, was this particular slide was finished late last night, but to make it simple, if you were born um, in 1951 to 1956, your required minimum distribution starts in uh, at age 73. Uh, if you are, were born between 1957 to 1958, then it's 74. And then if it's um, if you turn if you were born in 1959 or later then the required minimum distribution starts at 75. Is this a good thing? Absolutely. Do I hope it passes? Absolutely. Does this change the game? I would say no, but this is what it does do. It changes the rule of the game. So if the game, to oversimplify for Roth IRA conversions, and I said I wasn't gonna talk that much about Roth IRA conversions, but I also said that I couldn't help myself. But if the gain for Roth IRA conversions is to make Roth IRA conversions when taxes are lower, which presumably the ideal years is after retirement and before minimum required distribution, does this increase the number of potential years to make a favorable Roth IRA conversion? And the answer is absolutely yes. So whatever the intent of the, the uh, legislation is, I kind of don't care. Usually I'm more interested in what can my clients, how can my clients benefit from this? So this is a very good thing and that will hopefully answer uh, the question. Now, 
Let's get back to some of the other proposed uh, regulations. So, um, so there's there, again, there's two sets. There's retire. There's the Secure Act 2.0, which was voted on by the House, and then there's the proposed regulations. Now, these are a different beast. And, and and by the way, the whole thing with the Secure Act is the unless you meet one of these exceptions, the beneficiary is going to have to pull money from that IRA, in fact, distribute everything within 10 years after you die. So that as, is as opposed to the old stretch IRA. Well, the proposed regulations say that if you hit age 72 and you were taking minimum required distributions and then you die, then your kids uh, or the beneficiary of your IRA, not including your wife, which is they can just do a rollover or a trustee to trustee transfer, then your kids, um, they have to start taking distributions the year after you die and have to take them regularly until year 10. On the, and, and by the way, that's a bad thing because we were hoping to play some games after you died in timing the distributions of the inherited IRA within that 10-year period. Well, gee, you're you're in medical school now, you're going to make a lot of money when you come out. Well, that's not necessarily the case. Let's take the distributions when you're in your low tax bracket. Or, oh, gee, you're going to have a year, you're unemployed this year, this is a great year to take minimum required distributions because you're in a low tax. Well, we're not going to be able to play those games if you for people, for heirs of people who were 70 and older and who were taking minimum required distributions of IRAs and retirement plans. On the other hand, if you were not taking minimum required distributions because maybe you passed before age 72, then it's like we thought it was, and we can play those games, meaning that your kids or your beneficiaries can take money out anytime within that 10-year period. And for Roth IRAs, since you weren't taking any distributions because you didn't have to take distributions, then you can do whatever you want. And for Roth IRAs, subject to exception, I'm going to recommend that your heirs not touch the Roth IRAs in terms of distributions until 10 years after your death because all that money will grow tax-free. So let's say for discussion's sake, you leave uh, your heirs $500,000 in a Roth IRA. They don't qualify for any of the exceptions. Uh, they can just let that inherited Roth IRA continue to be invested. Let's say it earns 7%, so it'll double in 10 years. So that 500000 comes out as a million. That million upon distribution is tax-free. But in year 11, the interest dividends and capital gains, realized capital gains on that million will be subject to tax. So there's always a lot going on. People say, oh, isn't it great, you know, for your business, all that they're making all these changes and, you know, people have to use you to keep up with all these changes. And I say, no, it's just a pain in the you know what, and especially if you write books like I do, because literally the book is out of date before it comes off the press. And I'm, I'm wrestling with that right now. But anyway, um, let's say some <clears throat> good things in terms of proposed regs of later minimum required distribution, bad things in that if you're older than 72 and you die, your kids are going to have to um, start taking minimum, start their minimum required distributions of the inherited IRA. 
Uh, all of it's going to have to come out in 10 years, but uh, some of it is going to have to come out every year. So that is a bad thing. Um, and um, we will cover more of the SECURE Act, um, which is more related to that, what I'll call the dying side. Um, and that will be in, at 10 o'clock tomorrow. By the way, that is a great workshop for people who want to know the best estate plan for their IRA and retirement plan. Uh, we also put in some information about trusts. Um, that's a really important one, whether you live in Pennsylvania or whether you don't, because we will tell you uh, what we believe is the best plan for most married IRA and retirement plan owners. Uh, somebody might say, oh, gee, Jim, you're Pennsylvania state attorney. You're not allowed to do my estate um, plan because I live in somewhere other than Pennsylvania. Yes, we're not allowed to draft your estate plan. We're not allowed to draft your will, but we can, let's say, come up with the shell or the strategy or the plan. If, you're, if we're doing your financial master plan, we're not only going to do that, but we're actually going to help you either help you find a local estate attorney in your state. We have um, not obviously not in every state, but we do have attorneys we like in certain states. And these days it kind of doesn't even matter what city they're in. The important thing is that they are licensed to practice law in your state. And, you know, to me, it would be a crying shame to get the perfect estate plan and then have the attorney botch it, which most of them will do uh, <laughs> left unsupervised uh, in your estate plan. So we get involved in that. So anyway, we'll cover more with the SECURE Act. Um, let's see, that is tomorrow at 10 Eastern. So what is the difference between your kids having to pay taxes on the first 10 years, um, which is the current uh, law, assuming death is after 2019, and the old law where the kids could stretch the inherited IRA or they qualify as one of the exceptions? And we'll talk about some of that. Well, if they qualify for one of the exceptions or if death had occurred before 2020, then you get given certain reasonable assumptions, which I'm not going to bore you with. Then the result for the beneficiary of the IRA is in the solid black line. And if they do not, they the, the results, uh, again, same tax rates, same spending, same everything is in the serrated line. So the difference is, between your kid having two million plus when they are older uh, versus being broke when they are older. So this is an enormous, enormous change, even forgetting the new regs for a minute. Um, this is kind of disastrous for people who have big retirement plans, which is one of the reasons why we are trying to do everything we can to reduce the taxes for both you while you are alive and your heirs. And it's going to be the income taxes that is really the biggest problem for IRA and retirement plan owners. I'm not going to say that federal or state inheritance or transfer taxes aren't a problem, because for some they are a big problem. But for the vast majority of the people on this webinar, it is the income taxes on their IRA, 401k, 403b, etc., both while they are alive and after they are gone, that is their biggest tax headache that can be addressed. And that's one of the reasons we are doing this. So you can do that. 
Now, to make matters worse, tax rates are going up. You might say, oh, gee, with everything going on in the country and how are we going to pay for the debt and all that, and all, all that is accurate. But let's say you also say, oh, boy, you know, politics today, they're a mess. Nobody can agree on anything. Let's assume that they're never going to be able to, or at least in the foreseeable future, they're not going to come to a major tax um, change. Uh, well, what will happen to taxes then? Well, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act of 2017 was basically a temporary tax reduction. And in 2026, the income tax rates are going to revert to where they were in 2017. In addition, the plus inflation, um, the estate tax exclusion is also going to revert. You might think, well, gee, how big a difference can it make? Well, let's take a look at the rates in 2017. Let's concentrate on, for example, um, the well, let's look at the rate of income taxes in the year 2022, 2022. So between $178,000 and $340,000, the marginal tax rate on income in, at that level is 24%. Look at where it was back in 2017. It was 33%. You might be saying, well, gee, Jim, I'm not making $340,000. Why is that relevant for me? Well, maybe, let's say that your income is $100,000 or even less, you could do a Roth IRA conversion. And if we don't take into account the impact on Social Security or Medicare Part B and a few other things, that conversion could be at 24%. And if you're going to be in a higher tax bracket later on, um, after you retire, um, you could be making a Roth conversion at 24%. And even if your income is steady, you might end up saving taxes at 33%. So there is additional incentive to go from the taxable world to the tax-free world, which was one of our exceptions to don't pay taxes now, pay taxes later. It might make sense to pay taxes now at a low rate and then have the money grow tax-free. And then when the rates are higher, either when you're alive or you're not alive, have the distributions come then. Um, the next chart is showing you historically um, what is going on with the estate taxes and, um, and the exclusion amount. Um, and estate taxes, by the way, used to be uh, more important than the income taxes. And that goes back to 1066, you know, well, you know, what, what's it, William, the, I don't, I, my English history isn't that good. But anyway, um, people have been avoiding transfer taxes uh, for years. And you can see that right now we are in a relatively low um, estate tax situation because the exclusion is so high relative to where we were just a couple years ago. I'm sorry, that is now we have the, ex the exemption or the exclusion that is very high, but it's going to be uh, significantly lowered in 2026. We hope you've enjoyed this special edition of Jim Lang's Retire Secure podcast, where smart money talks. If you've had your questions answered, and would like to schedule an appointment to meet with Jim, call our offices at 1-800-387-1129. That number again is 
387-387-1129. And if you would like to attend one of Jim's upcoming virtual events, go to paytaxeslater.com forward slash webinars. That address again is paytaxeslater.com forward slash webinars to reserve your virtual spot today.